With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome, everyone, to the MMQB Gambling Podcast. Championship week upon us. Just three week, three games left in the season, unfortunately, to this week. And then, obviously, Super Bowl Sunday, February 2nd. We will break down the two games for you, as always. I am one of your co-hosts, Jimmy Trainer, joined by Gary Gramling and Mitch Goldich, who uh, all three of us did not fare well last week in the divisional round. Uh Gary and I, one and two, Gary. We had the same picks, right? Mitch, what mm-hmm. was your record? Uh, yep. I, you know my record. You're just sticking it to what me. Was it? I, I was 0-3 was last week. 0-3, 1-2. Well, we yeah. I have no right to stick it to you. I know, and I was uh, a Seahawks two-point conversion at the end from being 1-2. and two. We The big one was we all took the Seahawks Packers under, and that's three losses across the yeah. board. Otherwise, our record wouldn't be that bad. The two touchdowns within eight minutes of the third quarter were, were a problem in that game. Because it then yeah. it slowed down after that. The Seahawks had that really, really long drive that ended in a touchdown, unfortunately, but it took so much time off the clock. You could have had a chance if, you know, maybe there was a field goal mixed in, but those teams were going to the end zone. Gary, you want a minute to gloat about the end of the Seahawks season? 
<laughs> no, no. Uh, I mean, look, I whatever. The, the, I'm going to say they'll go like seven and nine next year, and they'll go fourteen and two. So I, I, I really, um, the Seahawks make no sense. That's how I will wrap up the Seahawks season. They made no sense. They were an eight win team that uh, won eleven and made it to the second round of the playoffs. And uh, logic is just out the door. Twilight Zone stuff. And, you know, I said last week, and I think I said it the week before, that I hated the games. I hated the lines, the over-unders. I feel the same way about these two games. I just – usually in the playoffs, I do I, I do well. I, can, I haven't been able to find any – I don't love these games either. I mean, I think everything is so um, – there's been a lot of evenly matched games. And then, you know, the lines are pretty much where they are, so it makes things very yeah. tough. Yeah, I feel the same way. The yeah. home Two home teams that should be favorites favored by 7.5. We saw two of those games last week, two more this week. It's right. tough. Um, but let's see what we got for Championship Sunday. 305 CBS. AFC gets it started. The Titans rolling behind Derrick Henry and, of course, Ryan Tannehill, who wouldn't have expected that. Go into Kansas City to face the Chiefs off their crazy comeback against the Texans. The line here is Chiefs minus seven and a half total. Keeps going up. Fifty-three. I thought I saw fifty-two and a half this morning. Now it's fifty-three. Uh, they are in Arrowhead. Gary, what do you got on this one? I know. I, I think I'm going to keep on riding the Chiefs. Uh, I, look, it's such a sucker bet move to uh, to just look at the the explosive offense and and just say like, oh, they're going to keep doing it. Um, I really just think they're unstoppable offensively, though. And 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 granted, the Titans, the Titans are not the Texans defensively. The, the Texans are are one of the. Uh, they are a truly bottom five defense. I know. I know the team is good, but the defense is so bad and so disorganized and so susceptible to say giving up fifty points in a in a January game. I don't think the Titans are that, but I just don't think there's an answer to Patrick Mahomes right now. And. Um, you know, I've I've been citing this stat for a while. You know, they when the Chiefs do have their their full strength lineup, when they have uh, Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and the offensive line healthy, uh, it's been eight games. They are eight and zero both straight up and against the spread in those games. They have a point differential of of plus sixteen point five per game. Uh, they only, only two of those eight games they won by less than eight points, uh, and those are both road wins. One, uh, one over the Patriots, one over the Chargers. Uh, I, I, I'll be curious what you guys think about this, because I'll throw it out there, and I can't really decide whether I should um, consider this a, as a factor or not, but uh, Titans defense was out there for 92 plays. I, I realize they have the extra day of rest, but they were out there for 92 plays last week in Baltimore, and look, Derrick Henry has carried the ball, what, uh, the number 64, it feels like uh, about 300 times right. so far in this postseason. I just wonder if there's a certain wear down factor on both sides of the ball for the Titans, um, but especially defensively. And like I said, I, I just don't think there's an answer. Uh, last time they went down to, uh, or, or they hosted the Chiefs earlier this season, and that was when Mahomes was sort of playing on a you know, a bad leg and, and all that stuff. And uh, she still put up 530 yards of offense. Uh, that was a, a game that included some some kind of weird special team stuff that, that swung it. But, um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to keep riding the Chiefs. And I'll, I'll throw out one more, uh, one more quick stat, and then I will actually let you guys uh, respond to the thing that I just mentioned. But uh, <laughs> uh, Titans, uh, last 12 times they've been in a game where the total was 50-plus. They are 1-11 and against the spread. Hmm. 
Yeah, Gary, to your point about the Titans' defense being on the field a lot, it's also it's their third straight road game, which I don't know how much stock to put in that, but that is the kind of thing that maybe two or three times a season in the regular season it happens, and those are the teams on schedule release night. We say, oh, they got screwed. They have a three-game road trip. Maybe it happens more often than that, but I know that's definitely a thing we would be talking about. Now, I know Tennessee, none of those are super long flights uh, to Baltimore and Kansas City and New England. Um, It's not like they're crisscrossing the country back and forth, Um, but you you wonder if that catches up with them at some point. Who knows? It's hard to say. Um, I'm with you on your general thesis that uh, it's tempting to just look at the Chiefs and their offense and say, oh, they're going to keep it rolling. So you sort of look for reasons for the Titans to win if you want to pick them. Or I guess, you know, in this case, cover, not necessarily win. But, you know, we're, we're here talking about both. Um, so thinking about the uh, the strategy, the type of game that they want to play, it just feels like it's really important for Tennessee to get out to an early lead. One thing that I really liked last week from Houston. They won the coin toss and they took the ball. And even before any of the special teams uh, miscues and shenanigans, they they uh, won the toss, took the ball, drove right down the field and scored quickly. And it just feels like Tennessee's best chance to win this game is to do the same, get out to an early lead. And then we've all seen all those stats about Derrick Henry's numbers in the second half. And they're so much better when they get a lead. And again, want to give respect to Ryan Tannehill for the season that he had. And it's been great. But I think... A lot of his numbers, uh, that when people rave about them, it's in the efficiency. He still doesn't, you know, they don't want him to throw the ball 30 to 40 times. Their recipe to win is another day with Derrick Henry 180 yards on the ground. And I think I mentioned this last week, the type of game the Titans want to play, long possessions, stretch it out, not too many chances for each team to get the ball because the Chiefs are so explosive that, you know, we saw them with seven straight touchdown drives. They're a, they're a threat to score a touchdown from anywhere on the field if you give them 15 seconds and they want to limit the number of possessions. Um, so, you know, it, it really, we talk so much about Tannehill and Derrick Henry and their style, but the the key to the whole game might just be, can Tennessee's defense stop the Chiefs? Because that would be what they'd need to play the type of game, the that style that they want. And, you know, I just don't know that any team's defense is good enough to stop the Chiefs. I also I think a lot of people are reading into the fact that the Texans scored 31 points last week. But again, one's a blocked punt return for a touchdown. One's a muffed punt that leads to a six-yard touchdown drive. Those things happen, but you can't count on them happening every single week. So really, if you played that same exact game and just, I don't want to say get rid of those two plays because they were major swings, but you know, those have some element of flukiness to them, a muff punt and a block punt. They could have easily played that same game and only given up 20 points. So I don't want to overreact to the fact that they gave up 31. So, you know, I look at these teams. I think the Chiefs are the best team left. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I, you know, it's like my heart wants to pick the Titans because I want to see a close game and I think they can keep it close and, you know, be down to a field goal at the end or lose by four or whatever, or even seven. I know seven's a big number from seven to seven and a half, but I just think the Chiefs are so good that they can keep it rolling against anybody right now. And seven and a half, I'm, I'm willing to take it and, and uh, lay the points and go with the Chiefs. Um, I, I hate this game because when you're betting, you need to just analyze the game Make the pick you think is going to win you money, and that's it. And it's hard for me to look at this game objectively because I've said, I'm not sure if I said it here or if I've said it on my on the SI Media podcast that I host, but the team I'm rooting for to win it all is the Chiefs. Um, 
Well, since I mentioned the SI Media Podcast, Kurt Menefee from <laughs> NFL on Fox is on this week talking Good. about the uh, Jimmy Johnson Surprise Hall of Fame announcement. So if you want to listen to that, check that out. Good plug. Um, what a pro. But I, I, I've said all along I'm rooting for the Chiefs because I, I want Andy Reid to get his ring. He deserves it. I think Mahomes is the best quarterback and, to me, the most fun player to watch in the league, even above Lamar, for me personally. I, I love Travis Kelsey. I agree with all of everything you just now, said about if, Andy Reid and If Mahomes. you take out the Chiefs... I'd be rooting so hard for the Titans to win the Super Bowl this year. The Tannehill story and Derrick Henry, it's a very lovable team. Um, so I hate the game from that perspective in terms of analyzing because I don't think I could do it fairly. I'll say, I'll say this when I'm trying to analyze it. I just think it's a tall order for the Titans to win in New England, win in Baltimore, and then win in Kansas City. That is a lot. Now, the flip side of that is there was a great stat on Twitter by Field Yates of ESPN. It's something, the Titans last like 15 or 20 drives or something have all ended in touchdowns. They haven't kicked a field goal since week 16. Every single one of their drives where they've scored is a touchdown. They're not kicking any field goals. I saw that too because they have a new kicker and I think right. he's been with the team half a season. Hasn't and kicked, he's kicked the field goal yet. Field yeah. Goal, yeah. Yeah. So they are rolling in a really impressive way because when you get in the red zone and you have Derrick Henry, it's hard to stop him. Having said all that, I got to lay seven and a half with the Chiefs. That offense is completely unstoppable. I don't see um, the Titans stopping it or slowing it down. I think they can score when they want. Little worried about Kelsey's health. I mean, he was banged up last week and had a monster, monster game. But, you know, two weeks in a row, you wonder if you get worn down by that. I, I think coming out flat last week helps them here. They're going to try to avoid that at all costs again. I just, I wish it was seven. I hate seven and a half. But I do think, and I've said this, you know, the chief defense plays now. So all all you need to do, and I know it's easier to say than that, is slow down Derrick Henry, which no one's been able to do. But I think Gary makes a good point. At some point you think he's got to be a little bit tired, a little bit worn down. I have to lay the seven and a half just because of the chief offense. It's unstoppable. And Mahomes is playing at a level, and I said this all along. Everyone was so focused on Lamar Jackson all season long. That game Patrick Mahomes played last week was off the charts. Yeah. So it's it, it, they it, they basically got stopped three times when the game was still you know yeah. a game, and two of them were just blatant third down drops, like wide right. open receivers just having a ball bounce off their hands and, and fall to the ground. And the throws he was making, threading the needle, bombs down the side. I mean, he he did every single thing you could do, and he had his best game running last week as well. Um, I think that strategy too, as good as Derrick Henry has been, I think that style of play where the quarterback only needs to throw for like 80 yards in a game, I think that runs out eventually too. I don't think that's something you maintain every single week. They've done it here a couple of weeks. I just think this is just, you know, the end of the road here for the Titans and the Chiefs. Um, I think the Chiefs are helped a lot by losing the AFC title game to uh, the Patriots last year, which they really won, but D. Ford went offside. And... uh, (laughs) The slow start last week. I think those things helped them a lot this Sunday at 3 o'clock. Yeah, I like Damian Williams, by the way, too. I've thought, I mean, last year down the stretch, he was great. Yeah. And I've said that all year, and it kind of it took the Chiefs running game a while to get going. And I don't think, LaShawn McCoy, did he not play a snap last week? Because remember, they benched him a couple yeah, games he, down the stretch. 
And the the line they used was that they were saving him for the playoffs. People thought, you know, load management coming to the NFL. Um, but, you know, really, Williams has been better. I know he had that 90-yard uh, play late in the regular season. And, um, you know, yeah, I just I, I love the look from them. They, they had a couple of drops early, but once they got settled in, they just have so many weapons on that team. They You know, they can score 30 yeah. points in 20 minutes. So like we're, we're all saying Chiefs here. Um, you said Chiefs, right, Gary? So long ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, 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 I mean, look, I, I think Chiefs will end up being my uh, a best bet. I don't even know if I'm going to do best two best bets this week. Right. It's it's just I think it's that tough a week. Since we're all taking the Chiefs, let's spend a minute. Uh, since we only have the two games, let's spend a minute on the total. What do you like here with the uh, over under at fifty three, Gary? Yeah. <clears throat> I like the over. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, as we just discussed, the Chiefs can put up points. I think there are answers for Lamar Jackson, as we saw last week, but I don't think there are, there are answers for this Chiefs offense. Um, I mean, look, the Titans. As much as we think of them as as a uh, you know as a as a run first offense, obviously, and and that tends to be a conservative offense. They get their big plays. I mean, last time these teams met, you had a Derrick Henry 68-yard touchdown run. Uh, obviously, last week you had uh, Tannehill off the play action uh, with the long uh, long touchdown to Khalif Raymond. So uh, when the Titans score, they tend to score fairly quickly. And uh, I think for that reason, you're going to see, and, and, and like you said, Jimmy, uh, it's been touchdowns for the Titans when they get within scoring range. So um, I do like the over here. I think this one ends up being both teams uh, – uh, flirting with thirty plus points, bitch. Yeah, I. So this is. I'm not going to best bet the total on this one. I just worry if the Chiefs do get out big early. The Titans. I mean, what they do best is running the ball, and I don't know. Are they going to have the courage to stick with that? If you're down seventeen three or fourteen nothing early, are they going to stick with the offense that got them here, or are they going to press and try to? you know, try to throw the ball more than they want to. So I'm not worried about the Chiefs getting theirs. I guess you just wonder, is there a potential for a real blowout here, like a 30 to 10 kind of score? And and maybe the best chance of the under hitting is if that's what happens. Um, no, that's a, that's a good point, Mitch. But, you know, I, but, but I don't want to sit here and be the guy who's, who's like, oh, the Titans are only going to score 14 points. Like, that's not necessarily what I think is going to happen. But I think if you're going to hit the under, that's the way that it does happen. Um, then again, I mean, the Chiefs, the stadium's going to run out of fireworks again. They could, you know, they could put up 42 <laughs> themselves easily. Um, so I'm, I'm a stay away on the total, but I guess I would, I guess I'd lean under if you made me pick one. And by, by the way, if, if you're scoring at home, as Mitch mentioned with the Texans taking the kick and, and going in for a touchdown, uh, last time when these teams met in Nashville, the Titans won the toss and deferred. Mm. Here, here's the crazy again, stat from Field Yates if you want to make the argument for the over. In their last 10 games, the Titans have had 44 scoring drives, 43 touchdowns, one field goal. That's so, I you know, that makes me uh, – 53 is very high, but I would go over as well. I don't see how you keep the Patriots – excuse me. How you keep the Chiefs under, you know, 38 points anymore. So uh, I like the over 53 as well. I was going to say, you got you to trust Field Yates. Guy's got uh, to rip off the Simpsons line. Uh, guy, guy's got a haircut you could set your watch to. <laughs> a lot of NFL people with the great, you know, Josh McGowan. And there's a lot of great hair going on. Orlovsky. And, <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, now go to the NFC game, 640 Fox. 
Kurt Menefee, the pregame host, if you want to listen to the SI Media Podcast this week. Um, How is that the, available? Uh, iTunes, yeah. SoundCloud, Spotify, where yep. can I? Google Play, Stitcher, oh. Oh, okay. Overcast. The uh, San Francisco 49ers will host the Green Bay Packers. Niners giving seven and a half points. Total here is 45 and a half. Uh, interesting game there. It, you know. I've said this all along. I've said this on the, the worst loss I saw any team have all year was the Packers against the Niners in week 12. I think it was 38 to se- 37 to yes. eight Sunday night game. So now we have yep. a little rematch action and uh, we see what the boys think. Mitch. Well, I still think the worst loss is when I had Niners minus 10 in DC in that mud game and they, they won nine, nothing. <laughs> I'm still mad at the Niners about that failure to cover, but that's okay. I'm over it. Um, yeah. So I, Listen, I, I don't. I was impressed by the 49ers last week. Obviously, I don't know how you could not be. Uh, I picked against them. I picked the Vikings to win straight up, so that was stupid. Uh, as many people around the office have let me know, including uh, one of our resident 49ers fans here. Um, but you know, a lot of my concern about the 49ers was just the health of their defense over the whole second half of the season. Um, you know, I, I just I didn't think they were as good, and I thought part of it was just guys they didn't have in the lineup. Now they've got Quan Alexander back. They've got D Ford back, though, uh, Jimmy, you did bring up his offside last year, but he's still he's back in the yes. lineup. And then uh, Jaquaski Tart, uh, Gary will let me know if I pronounce that wrong. He's a guy we I don't think we talked about as much as Quan Alexander or D Ford, but he was out uh, since week 13, came back last week and played every snap on defense. So that's all of a sudden you take three important players and put them back in the lineup. You're going to be a better team. Um, and I, you know, and I think they showed that last week. Um, so they're lining up against the Packers. I think San Francisco is better against the pass than the run. And, you know, the story all year for the Packers, people have been talking about Aaron Jones being such a key to that offense and the year that he had. It's very annoying. I think every time I watch any kind of studio show, somebody thinks that they're really clever because before a break they'll say, oh, well, the Packers, they're going to need to lean on Aaron this week, but it's not the Aaron you're thinking of, and congratulations. <laughs> oh, my God, they're both named Aaron. We get it. Uh, I think that bit has been you know, shoveled dirt on it. <laughs> I, I'm enough of that. But it is true that uh, Aaron Jones has been such a huge part of the offense. Um so, you know, seeing them go up against the Niners' pass defense is going to be an interesting matchup. I just saw on Pro Football Focus today, uh, they tweeted that the Niners' defense has allowed the fewest passes 20 yards down the field. So, again, thinking about how this game's going to go, you know, if you talk yourself into the Packers winning the game outright, you got to figure that experience at QB is a huge part of it because you've got Aaron Rodgers, who's been in these games before. He's won MVP, won Super Bowl MVP. Jimmy G, he's been on this stage. He's seen the stage from the sideline with the Patriots, but, you know, it's his first time really being there and, and feeling this. So, you know, the Niners, though, I just think they're a good enough team that that alone, the experience at quarterback, is not enough to make me pick one side over the other. Um, part of it is, you know, Aaron Rodgers can go off and have a great game and make a bunch of great throws, but I just don't know if that offense trusts anybody outside of Devontae Adams. And he's really good, obviously. Last week he had eight for 160 and two touchdowns. Uh, No other Packers receiver had more than one catch in that game. Jimmy Graham had three, and, you know, they've got guys who can catch more than one pass in a game and have shown that. But when it really comes down to it, to the big play... Um, you know, how uh, does Rodgers have enough guys that he trusts if he needs to throw the ball? And, you know, he, he can fit the ball into any space, and, and I'm definitely not going to doubt him. But um, it's going to be interesting. I, Gary, you might know better than me. 
if, is Richard Sherman going to travel and, and shadow Devontae Adams, or are they going to keep him on the left side of the field and then give the Packers the chance to put Adams on the other side or put him in the slot and keep him away from Sherman? I think that's... No, they that's, they always keep him on the left that's, side of that's the what field. I, that's sort um, of his whole career he's done that, but I didn't know if yeah. maybe they'll cook up something different. I guess at this point you stick with what got you there the whole season. So anyway, then can the Packers try and uh, get Adams away from Sherman and try and create a mismatch there? Uh, you know, you figure maybe they'll try, but just looking at the two the two teams overall, the 49ers are just too good, and I worried about them the second half of the season that maybe they had peaked a little bit early. But it it seems like now that they're healthy, I feel confident that they are going to be at their best. And so again, it's another one where I, I wish the line was five and a half or six and a half, and I guess that's why they put it where they did. But I just I I feel comfortable. Um, Picking the picking the 49ers. So I'm on both of the home teams to cover uh seven and a half. Gary. Yeah, I, I, and I feel like the 49ers' offense, uh, or more more particularly, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was a little bit scattershot last week against the Vikings, and then you get to the end of the game, and it's like, oh, they just they, they won by 17 points. Um, and I do think, while, while I, again, I'm very aware, Packers fans, that the Packers swept the Vikings, I think the Packers match up particularly well with the Vikings, uh, but I do think the Vikings matched up better with uh, with the 49ers and the Packers necessarily do here. So um, I I like the 49ers. The one thing that really makes me hesitant is uh, you go back a little bit. I thought the most impressive single-game coaching job this year was Sean McVay Saturday night, week 16, when he brought the Rams into Santa Clara. Uh, the Rams did nothing against the 49ers in the first matchup this year uh, in L.A. Uh, they came out. They ran just just a million misdirections and bootlegs and and a little bit of tempo, and they completely neutralized. It's a Rams offensive line that can't block the 49ers pass rush, but they neutralized the pass rush enough to end up putting up uh, around 400 yards and, and 30-something points. So you do wonder if the Packers, with a second shot here, uh, is there something – they can take from what the Rams did in their second matchup with the 49ers and, and work. You know, obviously, you can do the bootleg stuff with Aaron Rodgers. He's still mobile. Uh, he can throw on the run, stuff like that. Um, just ultimately, though, I I just don't think the Packers are good enough to score points. I just don't think it's a, a very good offense. And when it comes down to it, uh, again, Garoppolo was not sharp last week, and they still win the game easily. Uh Kyle Shanahan just seems to always have two or three plays up his sleeve every game he can go to. And as soon as you're like, oh, I don't know, Garoppolo a little bit off tonight, uh, all of a sudden, you know, it's it's uh, whatever, it's George Kittle running downfield without a defender within 20 yards of him for a, uh, for a 50-yard touchdown. Uh, they're just that well-coached offensively. Uh, so, sort of uh, what you said, Mitch, about uh, about uh, Jakuski Tart being back, and, and I don't know how to pronounce his first name either, so I'll just um, I'll sort of gloss over that. But uh, Tart and Jimmy Ward on the back end of that defense, uh, you know, Robert Klemko uh, in November, he did a cover story on the 49ers, really focusing on what they're doing defensively, both sides of the ball, but mostly defensively uh, in their sort of breakout season here. And essentially what they do is... Those those guys up front, uh, you know, Bosa, Armstead, uh, Ford, and 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 DeForest Buckner, uh, they use that wide nine pass rush, and they just say go, <laughs> go, go attack, go get the quarterback, don't think about it, just go. And all the complexity is built on to the back end, and that's in part why they don't move Richard Sherman around. They can kind of dictate what's going on the on, on the back end of that defense, but. Um, 
Ward and Tart, those guys, those are guys who played together in high school. Um, I don't think either guy individually is. I mean, we're not talking about like Earl Thomas and, and Cam Chancellor, but you're talking about two guys with really good chemistry, and that's such a big deal at the safety position. And it's just a it's a better defense when both of those guys are in the lineup. So I think having both of them in there is is a uh, is a pretty big deal as well. Uh, I mean, ultimately, look, Aaron Rodgers could make, you know, four or five classic Aaron Rodgers throws. We saw one at the end of the game last week, and uh, and all of a sudden the Packers are hanging around, and, and this ends up being a, uh, you know, a, a four-point game or a seven-point game in the end. Uh, we also, we saw the Seahawks. I mean, the 49ers outclassed the Seahawks in that Week 17 Sunday night game for most of that game, and then the Seahawks just sort of snuck back into it in the in the fourth quarter. Those things are both possibilities. I just, gut feeling is the 49ers just sort of have a comfortable, uh, let's let's say 10 to 14 point lead for most of this game and just sort of just sort of hang on to this and, and cruise into the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, 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 I'm trying to find reasons for the Packers. I think I, I'm going to take them because of the seven and a half. I, I just think it's an Aaron Rodgers game after just being embarrassed on that Sunday night. Liked what I I I was down in their offense all year, and I think they're gonna have a lot of trouble running the ball here with Aaron Jones. I think Rodgers is gonna have a huge game. I think with the way Devontae Adams played last week, Jimmy uh, Jimmy Graham, we seem to have a, a sighting now. He's he's he played better than he has in a while. I I think Rodgers is gonna have a big game here. I'm a little worried from the Niner perspective. And Shanahan came out today and he said George Kittle won't be affected at all by the ankle. I I listen. That guy's been a beast all season. You're going to have natural wear and tear. He does have something going on with that angle. He, ankle. He only had three catches last week. Um, I think, it, you know, and if he's slowed down in any way, shape, or form, that takes a big, big hit on their offense. The Packer defense, I think, will be able to slow down the Niners' running game. So I think the I think the Packers with Rodgers can keep it close with this. I like that half with the seven and a half. Um, I you know I I'd be and and I do think Mitch touched on. I do think the jury is out on Garoppolo. You still don't know exactly what you're going to get from him in a huge situation. I mean that game last week was pretty easy breezy. I mean there was no sweat there. You know, do we know what Garoppolo is going to do fourth quarter? You know, seventeen, seventeen, eight minutes left. You know, I, we don't know yet. So I, I think, um, yeah. I, for what it's worth, yeah. Drew Brees also looked bad against the Vikings defense the week before that. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a very fair point yeah. you made that we yeah. don't know what to make of Garoppolo. But um, I still think I think too many people were too negative on the Vikings and what they did last week. Uh, not to go back and defend my <laughs> pick that was wrong last right. week, but, um, you know, but the Vikings have a good defense, too. Um, you mentioned Kittle having only three catches. I mean, they want, it was clear they wanted to run the ball. Yeah, and they did. Jimmy, he threw a bad yeah. interception. Was it Barr? One of the linebackers yes, just cut in front. Just, like, stepped right in front of it. And then yeah. I forget the numbers, but I think it was something like they ran 16 of 18 yeah. plays right after the interception, yeah. so it was pretty and cool. Collinsworth made a really good point, I thought, on the broadcast, because when they did get to that point where they just ran it every down, and he pointed out on the telecast how that's where the Vikings playing the game before, the week before in New Orleans, it wears you down. That's why I think the Titans may struggle a little bit in Kansas City, and um, you know, when you, I could see that being a factor in that game. The Niners are relentless, but I do think 
I cannot see Aaron Rodgers having another game like that against the same team. I just he's too good. Well, the road thing when you talk about them going to California, people now are talking about that first game when they got beat so badly in Santa Clara. But remember, they also had that. I think their worst game of the year maybe was in L.A. against the Chargers. And then Rodgers came out after the game talking about how the team wasn't focused and they'll be focused in the playoffs. But remember, the that game in San Francisco was supposed to be their rebound to prove that the first game in California was a fluke. And right. those might be their two worst games of the season. So I don't know if you yeah. put stock in any of this or if we're overreacting and small sample yeah. sizes and all that kind of thing. But it's now their third trip of the season to California. And the first two were awful. Right. I'll just I'll take seven and a half with with Aaron Rodgers here, even on the road. What do you think about the total of forty five and a half, Mitch? I I there's no logic to this, but I kind of I actually like the over. Um, I don't know why. Uh, it's just you know, last week we all loved the under in Packers Seahawks and it hit. I just it wouldn't surprise me to see who one of you guys mentioned. You know, Rodgers is going to make a couple of those throws, and it wouldn't surprise me to just see them have a sixty yard touchdown pass or you know have a couple of quick drives. Um, so I, even though I do like San Francisco to cover, you know, I guess if I like them to beat the Packers by more than a touchdown, then I, I've got to like some points because it's not like the Packers are going to get shut out here. So you're looking at if the numbers 45, um, you know, I could see both, I guess, you know, like a 27 to 20 score or 28 to 20 is enough. So, um, even though as much as I've praised the Niners defense here, the over wouldn't surprise me at all. So I, I think I lean that way. Again, that's not going to be a best bet. I don't like the totals on either of these games, but I would lean over. Gary? Yeah, I, I don't have a great read on the total either. Uh, I just tend to think when it comes to this 49ers defense, if if you don't have a beat on them, like if you <laughs> if you don't sort of show early on that that you figure out some way to move the ball and score points like the Rams did, and uh, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is the kind of out of structure quarterback. I, I I think there was a time where he was the best out of structure quarterback in the league. Uh, I think that's Russell Wilson now. Maybe Deshaun Watson. Uh, well, it's probably Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is is good at everything else, so we won't give him too much credit. But uh, I don't think Rodgers is a guy who can sort of do the second reaction stuff and and sort of carry an uh, carry an offense that way anymore, especially because he has so many young. Uh, receivers that he doesn't really trust that much really uh, I mean you said it earlier Mitch it, he trusts Devontae Adams and I think that's about it uh, when it comes to that yeah I was about to, so, to cut you off that he might be able to do that if he was surrounded by more players who he did trust you know I I don't think we're yeah the, I mean I mean that that's sort of been not not to not to step back too broadly but that's been the issue with the Packers offense and you know everyone's what's wrong with the Packers offense it's you know Jordy Nelson and James Jones and, and that class of guys they all aged out and uh uh, you know, they're trying to break in these new guys and they're just not really working out because it's not only a talent issue, it's also a chemistry issue with the quarterback. Randall Cobb, uh, too. And I think that's why you're never going to see, uh, even though I don't think Rodgers has fallen off physically uh, by any sort of significant, uh, 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 you know, uh, means here, um, I don't think you're ever going to see anything close to what they used to be offensively. But um, as far as so the reason I, I lean under is I really think if the Packers don't have some uh, something cooked into the game plan that they can rely on, uh, I think they're just not going to score. And I, I think even if the even if it's like you know twenty one nothing forty niners at at, at halftime, let's say, uh, well, okay, twenty one nothing like midway through the third quarter, I don't think the Packers are, are getting a bunch of like late touchdown drives. I think if they can't move the ball, they're just not going to move the ball in this game. I like the under two. I, I said 17, 17, eight minutes left. I could see that situation uh, coming down 
to the wire there Sunday night. Maybe you get a twenty to twenty and then a field goal to win it. I don't see a I don't see the scoreboard getting lit up in this one. I, I think you see a lot of running and a lot of defense. And you know, you get your little Aaron Rodgers big moments here and there. So um we'll best we'll give us we'll give best bets. You basically have four choices. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, everyone comes up with here. Mitch, best bets for the championship weekend. All right. Well, one of them I know I'm gonna I'll do Chiefs minus seven and a half, and then the other one is I you know and and it's kind of like a, who cares if you know put it on the scoreboard here. I I said that I do like the Niners. I don't know if I want to best bet it or not. Let's do it. I'll take both of the home teams. They're my best bets. I, I just you know I'll. Uh, I'll stand by what I said here. I like them both to win. I think they can both cover. That Niners-Packers game does scare me. It's very stupid to analyze things this way, but you do kind of just look at Aaron Rodgers and say, you know, how he's only been to one Super Bowl. Like, it wouldn't surprise me at all at the end of the game. He's the guy standing there talking to Aaron Andrews, and he's holding the NFC Championship trophy, talking about being underdogs and whatever. But, uh, look, you know, we've watched these teams all season, and I— I just think the Niners have a, a higher floor and a higher ceiling, so I feel good about them winning. I'll best bet both of the home favorites, minus seven and a half. Gary? I'm only doing the Chiefs, and I don't even feel that good about the Chiefs here. Uh, but obviously, you know, I know a lot of you want to bet these games on Sunday. Uh, I, I do like the Chiefs, even though they're given the uh, the extra half point there, uh, a little hook above the, uh, above the touchdown here. So... Um, I do like the two favorites. I like the over in uh, the AFC game, the under in the NFC game, but the Chiefs are the only uh, – I'd bet that side, and I think that's all I'd do this weekend. I'll, I'll give you the Chiefs minus the 7.5, and, and I will reluctantly give you the Packers plus 7.5 because I don't want to give you one. I'll give you two. So one yeah. favorite, one underdog, do a little mix and match. And uh, we'll see uh, how it does. So uh, we just we just gave the kiss of death to the Chiefs since we all uh, we all best bet it right basically. But I, I, I think that that's the one team that offense can overcome the kiss of death. That's the one thing in uh, football. Um, so I guess what next week we'll do a show. Even though there's no game, what do we tell the viewers here? What do, did what did we do last year? We did like one show for the game and then one for prop bets. We should, yeah, we, we should definitely do the prop bets. The uh, yeah, when I, I can't remember when the prop that bets tip. Came out, I though. think I think that we might want to save for the week of right. the Super Bowl. Well, we'll figure it out and we'll let you know. Maybe we'll be here yeah. next week. Maybe we won't. We'll Pro, see. Pro Bowl. We may know, see you. Gotta uh, be all over the. Yeah, Pro I'll Bowl. skip that show. <laughs> no, yeah, we'll have we'll have something for sure on yeah. the Super Bowl. So we'll we'll. Uh, We'll see you next week, even if it's very brief, and then maybe we'll do the... Obviously, the props will be the week after. I think maybe what we did is we taped a little earlier in the week, uh, Super Bowl week last year, so we had more time to... Listeners had more time to really sink into the 8 billion props that are out there, so... We'll, 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 we'll hit you up next week. We'll review this week and go through some things. Good luck with the wagers. Two games, so be careful on a Championship Sunday. That wraps up this edition of the MMQB Gambling Podcast. We'll see you next week. Take care. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. 
rugged, resilient, and timeless. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play with your amex card entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last make every tap music to your ears 